Is that so good? Uh, hello. Hello to you guys in the room. Hello to you guys that are with your families this morning or maybe meeting with uh, your groups this morning. It's, uh, it's good to get to be with you. Today you are going to need your Bibles and you're going to need your phones. And if your Bible's on your phone, then okay. Uh, if you are turning pages in a Bible today, then uh, go ahead and turn to Ephesians, uh, which is in the New Testament. And as I always tell kids, like no shame in the game of using the, the table of contents if you don't know quite where that is. So Go ahead and turn to Ephesians, and I'm going to tell you a story first. Um, the Home Depot says that you can do it, and we can help. So the, the summer of 2017, we were getting some work done on our kitchen, and uh, one of the things that had to happen before that work started was that the, the water turnoff thingamadoos underneath the, the sink had to, had to function. Like, we had to be able to turn off the water at the sink. I live in a house that's 106 years old, so there's sometimes, or maybe oftentimes, things that aren't working quite right, and that was one of the things that wasn't working. So I began to do some research, because as my friend tells me, sometimes it's more about courage. Watch some YouTube videos, but then you've got to have some courage on how to do this. So, but as I began to look, there's like plastic PVC pipe in this house, all coddled together. There's, there's uh, copper piping, there's galvanized piping, all these different things, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do with with uh, these turnoffs. So I, then I thought, well, maybe we just need to replace the lines that go all the way to the kitchen. Maybe that would be better just do the, do the whole thing, the, you know, that piece. And then because I'm JR, and again, because the Home Depot told me that you can do it and they can help, I just decided one Sunday afternoon to replace all the water lines in the house, because why not? So continuing a series today called Church Unexpected, where we're exploring areas of growth we often don't know that we really need. Um, and today I want to talk to us about this idea of how the church body is meant to equip. The church body is meant to equip you. So equip meaning, I think, like uh, come alongside, discipleship, tools, and resources. And equip you for what? I think it's for life with Jesus. That is possible because the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you. And like... If you think about that for a second, God's Holy Spirit alive and at work in you. That's just a help you, church body. Again, we can help you. Um, here's some things that are, I think are probably true. It's a place where people get equipped. And like I said before, tools, resources, discipleship, people coming alongside. It's a place that trusts that God's Spirit is, a, is at work in all of us. It's a place where everyone gets to live out their giftings, and that one doesn't matter more than another. It's a place where you get set loose to do discipleship. Um, it's a place where family is valued and where there's an idea of being an owner or being invested. But as it turns out, there's, there's also, and I think this other thing turns out because we all have a tendency to, to think of this the other way where, hey, um, church will say, hey, we'll do it and you can help. We'll say, like, Okay, we're going to come up with the, what's going to happen, and you can, you can come help us do it. And see how that, that kind of flips the script a little bit. So instead of you can do it and we'll help you, it's, hey, we're going to do a thing, and you can come help us. Um, and even sometimes there's this tendency to be like, hey, we're going to do a thing, and if you want to, you can come help us. But I, here's some things I think are true when we, when we think about it that way. Um, you hear a lot, hey, we've got a program for that. We've got a program that will solve that for you. Um, I think there's a tendency to think in terms of like master model, which means like, hey, if you do A and B, C is going to happen. It's going to be great. Like for sure, guaranteed. Um, 
It's a place where you, you bring your people to us and, okay, we'll take it from there. Good job getting them here, but we'll take over. You, you, maybe you shouldn't anymore. Um, it's a place where family is secondary. It's a place where instead of thinking like owners, we think like renters, perhaps. And it's a place where dependency is created. Um, I was reading this week this book by Roy Morin, and I'm just going to read you a thing he says about dependency that I like. He says, dependency is a subtle and evil issue. The hard truth is that many of us love spiritual leadership because of the dependencies it creates. Often, others' dependencies on us give us purpose and meaning. It can even provide a diversion from our own pain as we help others deal with theirs. In the guise of us wanting to follow Jesus, we inherently stunt people's growth by teaching them to depend on us, and we create unnecessary stress on ourselves. And then he says something very directly. He says, the more we do for people, the worse off they are. It's no wonder we have a lethargic church in the West. Most of what flies under the name of ministry is a subtle, codependent relationship between leaders and followers, leaders who need to be needed, and followers who want someone besides themselves to be responsible for their spiritual journey. When I look at those two columns, I say, I want us to be the first one. I want us to be a church that equips, where we say, you can do it. You can do this life with Jesus, and we will come alongside and help. So, I thought what we would do today, something a little bit different. We're going to look at the book of Ephesians together, and kind of do a, like a flyover of the book of Ephesians and the, the six chapters there. Um, and instead of me doing all the talking on it, I would like to get some, some input from you guys. So here's how that's going to work. Uh, I am going to put a number, I think there, oh, yep, there's a phone number up on the screen. That phone number is going to text to my phone, okay? So we're going to, we're going to look at each chapter at a time, and I'm going to give you just a few verses, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to read those. If you're at home or with your group this morning, you could read those out loud together. Um, so I'm going to ask you to read those verses that I put up for you, or tell you, um, and then I'm going to ask you to th answer three questions. You don't need to answer them all, but maybe just answer one of them. And the questions are this, what grabbed your attention what does it say about God, and what does it say about us? So what grabbed your attention? What does it say about God? What does it say about us? And I'm going to give us about, because we're on a timeline today, so I'm going to give us about 60 seconds to read the few verses from each chapter, and then I'd like you to text me some feedback. At home, I want you guys to text me some feedback, okay? And you guys in the room as well, of, of some answer to those questions. But I'd like you to think in terms of, words and phrases, not like uh, paragraphs and pages, okay, in your responses, just because that'll help us keep moving a little bit. So um, the other thing, and I'm going to jot, I'll add some of my ideas in too, and we'll jot them down on the whiteboard, and I would just say, just so you know, I am not whiteboard certified, so I hope that you can read it when I write it, but just, I warned you, okay? So let's look at chapter one. We're going to start with verses 20 to 23. We'll put them on the screen. You can read them in your Bible as well. I'm going to give you 60 seconds. Okay, 60 seconds to read that and think about those questions. What, what stood out? What caught your attention? What does it say about God? What does it say about us? And the phone number will be up there the whole time that you can send those to. So ready? 60 seconds. On your marks, get set, go.
Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read. You can keep sending them. I think our friends at home are on a delay, they tell me, so you guys keep sending those in. It's all fine. Um, uh, but let me, let me read a couple of what we have. Uh, we grow through Jesus. Um, I saw one in here. It's getting away from me here. Um, about Jesus being the cornerstone. Jesus is over all, yes. Um, God, oh, here, I love this. God put Christ over everything in the church. Jesus is head over the church, A, like that. Sovereignty, yeah, and all power was given to him. You guys, you guys are doing great. This is, this is great. Okay, so uh, if we boil that down, I'm going to take Jesus. I'm going to take Jesus' head over the church, okay? So uh, let's say Christ is head of the church. And I might ask us um, with that, how, how okay are we with that? How okay are we with him being the head versus our tendency perhaps to, I'll, I'll take this. I'll, I'll be the head of the church. Okay, for real, you guys are doing good. Okay, so let's do the same thing. Same three questions. What stands out? Um, what does it say about God? And what does it say about us? And we're gonna do chapter two. In chapter two, we're gonna do verses four to 10. So chapter two, verses four to 10. You've got 60 seconds again. Your marks get set, go. seconds feels like forever when we're being quiet. Okay. Um, let's see what we got. Saved by grace. Yeah. Totally. We see that in there. Um, grace and faith saved us, not our, not our own works. Oh, somebody says, I'm going to, I'm going to pause on this and somebody says, we're Christ works, Christ's workmanship. I love that. Somebody, somebody told me this week, um, and keep the answers coming. These are great. His workmanship again. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. We are, his, we are the masterpiece of his grace. Yeah. Somebody said to me um, this week, they said, or last week, they said that word workmanship there um, could be translated poem. And I think poem just creates this huge depth to that idea that we are, we are his beloved uh, craftsmanship. We are his, like he, we are his poem, his creative, his creative work, and I just think that's, I think that's great. Um, so we started with Christ as the head of the church, and then let's, um, what if we said, uh, we talked about how, how much he loves us, too, is in there a lot. So, so let's say we are his um, beloved workmanship, and I would, 
If I was to ask us something about that piece, I'd say, is there anything in the way this morning of you believing that that's true? Because that is true. Is there anything in the way of you believing that this morning? Okay. Keep, keep doing this awesome. You're doing awesome here and at home. Uh, we're going to do chapter 3 together. So it's chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. Chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. And go. person helping me out by telling them this is Ephesians 1 or chapter or 2 that they're answering for this. That's actually very helpful. A few more seconds here. Oh, I might have already gone over. Okay, it's been more than 60 seconds. All right. Um, strength from Christ, okay. Oh, I love this. It's possible to grasp, possible and impossible maybe, to grasp how much Jesus loves me. Like, what if those are, like, it's possible to know some of it now, and yet it's still a mystery and impossible to understand the full hugeness of it. Um, yeah, Christ's love is almost incomprehensible. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, these are good. Um, you see that idea of love, how much he loves us in there. It says, would you, oh, that you would comprehend this love, like, and like you would kneel before it, that you would know it. Um, maybe we could say that you would rest in it. And then, and then I want to be sure to point out, too, in there that we're strengthened with power through his spirit. As we said at the beginning, like, all this is possible because of God's spirit at work in us. So if we say, um, if we say, I'm going to just use the word resting. Resting in his love. And then um, powered uh, by the Spirit. And if I was to ask us something around these, this chapter 3, I'd say, how aware, how aware are we of how much God loves us? And are we aware of his Spirit at work in us? When we look at these three chapters together, I think we can talk about these three chapters in terms of um, being. Like, here's who, here's who we are as the church, here, and, and as individuals, here's who we're created to be. Um, so maybe even our position. So this idea of who we are. Okay, what is, what's, checking the time. Okay, I've got some people I want you to hear from at the end today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do chapter four for us. I'm going to read chapter 4 out loud, and you guys can certainly keep following along. Uh, we're going to start at um, 
Verse 1, we're going to do 1 to 7 and 11 to 16. So it says, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Hold on, love this. There is one body and there is one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all, and through all and in all. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And if we skip down to uh, verse 11, it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, and who is that? Is Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So I think we see two things in those two chunks of verses um, in, in, here in chapter 4. It, so he's done all this being, and he's about to talk about the doing, but he says, hey, as you start the doing, like, what matters is your posture with each other. It talks about speaking humility. It talks about the idea of unity. And then it goes, like, I love, I love all the ones. There's one baptism, one God, one Father of all. Like, I think it just helps reinforce the idea of unity. But um, so if we say those first few verses are about the idea of our posture with each other in the body, and then he goes into talking about the equipping, which is kind of our big idea this morning, that, that the church is, is here to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Um, so we'll just say equipping. Okay. And I would, I would ask us around those, around chapter four, like how does my current stance and posture with others in the body of Christ does it reflect what I see in verses 1 through 7 there? Um, and am I using my gifts in a, to help equip the body? Uh, chapters 5 and 6, I'm going to just give you the quick overview of those, um, again, because of time. Uh, but I think in chapter 5, see this idea, again, and it said it in chapter 4 too, but encouraging each other and speaking with love. So I'll just write encouraging... And then in chapter 6, we see uh, talk about... Uh, Interacting with uh, different groups of people. So mothers, uh, or, I don't know which way you turn here. Uh, father, like parents and kids, or um, husbands and wives. So interacting with different groups. And this, so if, this, if these chapters one through three are about the being or the position, I would say that these chapters are about our doing or maybe our response. And what a cool picture of like, hey, if we're going to say to you, we need to be a church body that equips you to do ministry versus you come help us do it, then I think that's possible because Christ is the head, because we're his beloved workmanship, and when we rest in his love and powered by his spirit, all this makes this something that we can do. So the role of the church body is to equip you as opposed to do it for you or at you. And by the way, you are a part 
of the church body. So it's also like your job to equip people around you as well. So to be equipped and to do equipping of those around you. Um, and it's not just the responsibility of the, the, church, the, the church staff or the, or the Bible college graduates to do that. It's all of our responsibilities together because God's gifted all of us. Let me tell you a couple quick stories that I see of things happening around here. Um, and then we're going to jump into the round table. And I want you guys to hear some of their stories. But I see people meeting together in discipling relationships without a church-provided curriculum. Asking and trusting God's spirit to guide the conversation towards the end of what we saw in chapter 4, that we would grow up in Christ, that we'd be mature in him. I see it in our youth life small groups, and we've done lots of things uh, over the past months, and, and I think at times we've done sort of the master model thing where it's ask these five questions that will guarantee this conversation with a group of kids, and, and we've shifted from that in the last few months and said, hey, maybe, maybe this week some of our groups will take Ephesians that we just talked about, or maybe they'll take something that a, a small group leader is already processing on their own with Jesus, and we'll trust his spirit and we'll ask his spirit to guide the conversation and listen to what kids are saying and take it as starting from his word. And in parent spaces where we're, where we're coming alongside but not doing the discipleship instead of you. Um, and where we're attempting to reinforce family at every turn and asking you to lean in with your kids. Okay, let's listen in. Is our round table. They're intentional. It's not, they're not kind of accidental. They're intentional. But, but, but maybe things that aren't necessarily front and center, but, but that doesn't make them any less real. And we're, we're talking some about being a church that equips. And I think if there's a, you know, if you've been around church for a while, um, and when we're talking particularly equips to lead, uh, if you've been on church for a while, um, many, many church structures are, are sort of built to we talk about packaging like they, they they give you a package and and if you just get in like buy the package and whatever buy means like buy the package and follow the package you will grow spiritually um and and again we, we we've talked about this in other sessions but but life community is a place that says like eh, we're really skeptical of of packages we're really skeptical of a plus b equals c spiritual programs um and and this week we're really focusing on this when it comes to like our, our spiritual growth and our discipleship. Um, that that um, typical church structure says, like, I come to the church to be discipled and to, you know, and, and really what, what we say here is, mm, I hope you come to church so that we can equip you to disciple. And I wonder, like, what, is, what does that look like in practical ways? When we, when we think about this, how, do, how does the church do that? And, and maybe from your own experience, what have you experienced in that realm? So the word equip for me resonates like churchy words. So can you help me yeah. make it less churchy <laughs> and more like everyday? So yeah. would you say equipping would be like a fancy word for let me walk life with you? Sure. Let um, me walk life alongside you? Totally putting you on the spot. No, no, that's great. Um, I, when I think equip, I think um, if there's a challenge in front of us, we need some structure and some support to meet that challenge. Okay. And so rather than being a, a place that tries to reduce the challenge or tries to just handle the challenge for you. Skills and yes, yes, yeah. How, do, how, do, how does that what, what does it look like to, for us to be a place that does that? And, and again, instead of just saying like, hey, here's a lever, come in every Sunday morning and pull the lever. Mm -hmm. 
make sure you you know leave a little deposit in the box you know to, to, yeah you know do yeah. that and okay. but but how does how does it what does it look like for a place to say like no 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 we're not going to spiritually grow for you we're going to put you in an environment where spiritual growth is is going to happen we want to till that soil but but we're not we're not going to do it for you and what does that mean in a local church context okay i've got a story Though I say that, I'm going to stop with all my stories, no, but I have a story. So, um, years ago, we sat around and analyzed discipleship, and we had wonderful people, and we laid out this huge discipleship, like, what are we going to do? And at the end of the day, we had this huge discipleship wall, and the discipleship wall was exactly what we just said. Like, how do you want to grow, and we'll help connect you to people who want to grow with you. And, and I remember sometimes there was a little bit of a feeling of, that's it? That's the program. Like, I want a course, and I want you to sign me up, and I want, at the end of this, I'm going to be a spiritually mature believer. And um, I ended up going, and I, I can't remember the, the how I connected with someone, but I, my kids were young, and we both were interested in um, growing in the same topic. I, I think it was actually on fasting, which I just did not have a background understanding. And so... Um, Someone at the church would watch my kids once a week while I would fast and go on a walk. And then the next week, I would watch her kids so she could have a day to fast and kids could play. And we connected on just, hey, you look at the same patches and I look at the same passages. If we ever could, like, you know, exchange ideas, that'd be great. It was not organized. It was not some book. We really just went through the scriptures and found a concordance and looked up verses. But that changed me. It literally changed my view and changed something about how I saw God. And I am so glad that it wasn't a program. Um, it was just finding another like-minded person in the body that um, wanted to grow in an arena. And it was a Holy Spirit thing that God brought us together. Okay, I got one more story that you can yeah, choose no. to not use that one. but. <laughs> Um, also early on when I came to Life Community, um, something I just cared deeply about was global missions. And so we were a young church plant. You know, we were just trying to figure out how to do Sunday services. And I'm like, what are we doing for international missions? <laughs> and, um, and I kind of heard, well, you're passionate about that. Like, it's not that we're not passionate about that, but we do not have the resources to go figure that out. So you let us know what you want to do and we will support that which I thought was probably someone just giving me lip service. Like, you're not going to, like, I'm just going to go. And so I said, well, no, I think we should do a, a missions trip. Okay, we'll plan one. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like, you're going to let me plan that. Like, and so sure enough, um, our senior pastor at the time said, let me know what you find out. And so I started researching all these organizations, and I thought, well, they have to be, like, like-minded. And it can't be, like, bad missions where you just go in and do a short-term trip and really cause more damage. And I want to, you know, partner with somebody who believes in church plants and community. And my long story short, I came up with like three organizations and I went to Tom, our senior pastor at the time. I said, I came up with three. If you could run this by the elders and you could just see what they think. And then here you go. And he said, and I was maybe 25. He said, would you pick? <laughs> I said, I can't pick. Like, I don't have like a degree in whatever you need to make Taking these decisions. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what he said to me? He said, but I trust you and I know your heart. And you say which one and you tell us which trip and we'll get the word out. 
And we started a, a partnership with the ministry that lasted for a long time around here. And I will tell you what, that changed me. Because I said, they don't just say, go for it. They meant it. They really said, like, we trust you, we know you. And I don't say, like, around to everybody around here, like, hey, just go start a ministry. And no, there's no, there's checks and balances. But it really was a game changer for me to say, I get to be a part of, of directions we go around here. Um, if I'm passionate about something, then go for it. So it's not just lip service. It really has been my experience. When I think of equipping the people in our church to serve, I think it's, um, or maybe it, maybe it's, I should say it this way, like I haven't been left alone. I've been checked in on. Like I'm serving in an area and someone knows my background. They know my skills. They know my issues, my areas of lacking. And they come alongside and they say, how are you doing? You okay with that? Is this still working out? As in other models, great, we got someone to fill a spot. She's good. <laughs> Let's see how long she lasts. But it's someone who is really taking an interest in me and wants to see me grow, not just to fill a niche, but they want to see me fulfill the, the prize and go to the, the end of it. I think that's what makes LCC so cool is that we see something in you. We've been watching you. We've been watching you. <laughs> Always watching. We're watching. No, they take a curiosity and they take an interest in me and in that they want to equip me with skills and walk alongside me. And I think of other people recently I've come across at our church. And as I'm curious about them, curious about their background, and I'm thinking, hey, would you like to walk with me for a while in, in this area? Would you like to, are you, are you struggling with this like I am? Why don't we, why don't we get some tools together? You're not alone on the journey. I know that, that stuff kind of stuff happens all over the place, all the time. And then like you, it's easy if you're, if you're not connecting with people to go like, nothing happens in this place. You know what I mean? Like yeah. no one's doing anything here. And then you start to get, it is like you get a little like secret society like you get around with folks and you go like well they have a story about yeah. like this this struggle and gosh this new believer is being mentored through the bible by this this woman and that stuff just goes on there's a there's a book club like you know reading group that's going on that isn't a program of the church but it's it's empowered by the the relationships that are in place and i think when i first came i wanted well, we should broadcast those stories so, you know, everybody knows they're going on because, you know, how are we going to measure if we're, you know, a good church or not? And then I go, who, who, who am I broadcasting the stories for? Like, isn't it just cool to know God's faithful and those stories are happening? And uh, if you kind of listen, you kind of hear the stories. It's one of the things that I loved about LCC and has kept me here. Um, and at the beginning of my journey here, um, made me so excited because it was just like yeast. We just grow, just by yeast, just quietly, and it just unfolds, and it's beautiful, and it's natural, and it's not forced. As a as a parent, I'll just well, I was you go, go. You go. Well, no, I actually, I was thinking about you actually. Oh, Kyle. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about me about ministry, <laughs> but just about ministry and like Hope's Lantern. Mm -hmm. I'm, yeah. um, I'm not, I, don't, I want you to talk about it if you, if you want to, but just yeah. the idea of folks that see a need and they don't wait even sometimes for permission. And it's not even like under the auspices of LCC, but it's people that just are, that's a, I don't know, can you sure. talk a little bit yeah. about yeah. that? Yeah, so uh, we started, uh, we kind of noticed 
a need in the Jonathan Alder School District where our, our cell group is based out, based out in Plain City, uh, where you know these kids would get free or reduced lunch during the week, but then they wouldn't have anything on the weekends. And so uh, we, we had some, uh, some uh, parents in our group who had relationships with different people in the school system, and we just kind of started providing uh, sack lunches here and there to, uh, to a few kids. And, and you know, over the years, um, we got connected with more schools in the, in the district, and we were, we've been able to kind of, kind of grow that. Uh, but it's but it's all been very organic, um, mm -hmm. you know, our our cell group, and then you know when when needed, we reach out to uh, people in in the community, but also LCC, and, and uh, we've we've been we've been blessed to have uh, have a lot of uh, a lot of people come come alongside us. Um, so it's been very organic in that way, and that's one of the things I think of when I think about discipleship is just uh, uh, you know the kind of organic. Uh, Things that that occur through relationships. Um, so, yeah. and it's it, yeah, and that, it's fantastic because that's the, exactly the kind of things we're talking about. Like, um, you sort of hear these words, "Hope's Lantern," and I, like I was a part of the Life Community and I knew what it was, but it's not. It's it's the people of Life Community in their community, moving and ministering and serving, and not Life Community establishing, trying to establish a beachhead out in Plain City, and it's just, it's, it's in our DNA, um, you know, and it, it really, in very practical ways, influences what we do, how we're structured. Um, like, I, I've got, my wife and I have four kids, um, and, and our oldest has now really gone through, like, the birth through high school graduation here, and, and I, I was never given the impression that, that what was going to happen here was that I was going to deliver my child and my child's spiritual needs were going to be met and then I would receive them back in a greater spiritual place than they were when I left them and, and I, my work as a parent was done in discipling them. What, I've, what has, the message has always been is that it begins in the home. You are the one that's, that God has called to parent these, these kids and, and we're here to help you and we're here to walk alongside you and we're here to help your kid come to love church and we're here to help your kid worship and connect with others, but we're not here to replace you. It would be wrong to do that. Um, and it's it's true. If it's true in that setting, it's true in the others. Like it's 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 true across the board. And how many talk about like discipling your kids? Um, I've got two teenagers, and I asked them once a few years back, um, "Hey, if you ever have something to talk about, and I'm not a safe person to talk to because you know the mother-daughter dynamic is weird. I go, who are some other women that you know that you that love Jesus that you feel like you could talk to? And I was thinking they would name maybe a couple aunts, which they did, but their list was long, mm -hmm. yeah. and yeah. that I cannot even put into words what that means as a parent. Yeah. And many of them were people we we crossed paths in cell group with. Um, and it was just like, oh, well, that person, like, I could talk to that person. Oh, and, and she, she makes the best brownies, and sometimes we'd be there for cell group. She, you know, she just sits and talks. Like, I could talk to her, and I just thought, this church has, yes, helped me to raise my child, but they have, dare I say, been a village, say, yes. Like, they absolutely have continued to come alongside us and um, invest in my kids, and so I do think, something beautiful about that. And I, you know, we, I've heard people say, oh, what program do you use or what this? And I go, 
It's people. Just people. <laughs> yep.